Welcome to another message from Squim Community Church. For more information about our church, meeting times, and location, visit squimcommunitychurch.org. Today I'm reading from Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, and this is in the uh, New Living Translation. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of this body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Uh, today, I want to talk about your ultimate goal in your service uh, within uh, the church community, within the, perhaps the larger family of God. Our number one, our number one job, so to speak, as developed in character Christians is we're to help expand and enrich God's kingdom. Expand and enrich God's kingdom. If you're a guest with us, you'll find a, a detailed outline of what I'm going to say in your bulletin this morning. What are we to do? What, what is our responsibility? I'm going to break it down, and you'll have to write this in. I didn't have enough room on the outline to put this in. Uh, what are we to do? Number one, we are to recognize and develop our gifts and utilize them uh, in, in ministry. Number two, we're called to give our very best to God, time, talent, treasure, and touch in worship. Third, we need to show and tell others about the love of God. That's our, that's our mission. Our real mission is to demonstrate God's love and, and speak to others about God's love so that they too could know that very life-changing, eternal destination, altering reality. Most people find out through another person that's a Christian. By the way, that's what the follow-up room is really all about. You head to the follow-up room. I call it the go-do-business-with-God room. There's a lot of different ways to do that. Some churches have people come forward. I think I've gotten to know you in the 27 years I've been here. We do what I call a, a recessive altar call. Uh, head to the back. Go through that room. There's great people like Lynn, Linda, and Jim there. You can also go back there if you would like uh, prayer for a particular issue. 
they, they know how to make Jesus make sense to you, and they know how to pray in Jesus' name. So, so head, back, head back there if that, um, if that fits you uh, at any time this morning. So we're supposed to show and tell uh, of God's love. Uh, and, then, and then finally, we're not only on mission, but what we want to do is lead we want to lead people forward. We want to be a good example of what it is that being a Christian is all about. As we do those things, we expand and enrich God's kingdom. And that's our primary job. Let's look at our scripture passage. This will continue until we all come to such a unity of the faith and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Now, you, you can't stop yourself from getting over, getting older. It, it doesn't matter how much cosmetic surgery you have done, you're going to get older. You can't stop yourself from getting older, but you can stop yourself from being mature. And there's a lot of old Christians that are not mature. And the whole issue of character development is that we would become mature in the Lord and that we would measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, we know that's not going to happen in this world. But wouldn't it be cool if the last step of developing our Christ-like nature is the step we take when we die, resurrect, and go to heaven? That's, that's Paul's idea. Paul's idea is that we keep moving, becoming more and more like Christ with the image that as we mature to the fullness, that the last step of that, the last part of that is when we die and go to heaven. Here's the Phillips translation of the same verse. Real maturity is the measure of development which is meant by the fullness of Christ. Development. Character development. Heart development. How does God do that? What's God's game plan for developing us so that we can serve His kingdom agenda first and foremost? Number one, he uses the, the, the pressures of life. The pressures of life force us to become very intentional people. I was talking to a guy on Friday night, and we, we were talking about, uh, we got on to Dave Dravecki, who used to be a pitcher for the San Francisco Giants when I lived in the Bay Area. He, he lost his left arm, his pitching arm, to cancer. He wrote a great book, and he makes this profound statement. He says, if you value everything, then you really value nothing. Well, I don't know about you. If you look around lately, doesn't it look and feel like everybody values everything? Perhaps people don't really value anything. We do. We value one thing above and beyond everything else. And that's Christ and his kingdom. That is at hand, Jesus said. 
Man, you don't have to wait for the kingdom of God. He's already ushering part of it in. And he wants to enlist you and me in expanding and enriching that kingdom. And so I think the pressures of life force us to choose. What's most important? What's the bullseye of the center of the target that we're aiming for in our life? Yeah, intentionality is very important. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Are you making the most of every opportunity? Maybe the other question that I could ask you is, what are you making, what opportunity are you making the most of? Is it a kingdom agenda? Is it only a personal agenda? Yeah, what's most important? The pressures in life force us to choose. We have to get intentional about our, our Christian faith and our, our Christ-likeness, our character development. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do, me to do. Everybody's got a place on Jesus' team. No one's a bystander. No, 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 you don't get to sit up in the stands as Christians, we're down on the field. We're players. <laughs> yeah, you're a player. You're important. You're essential. We need the whole body, Paul says. Woe to us if all we have is a bunch of mouths or a bunch of ears or a bunch of feet. Man, we need it. Hands and eyes, ears, we need it all. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And that would be my big question to ask you today. What is it that the Lord wants you to do? What is it that the Lord wants you to do? Now, intentional people are great people. First of all, they keep their promises. I'll be there. I'll be there. God blesses the one I added that so we could understand what went before the passage. God blesses the one who always does what they promise no matter how much it costs. Kingdom of God, number one, it'll cost you. The guy in one of the men's Bible studies in my previous church, he became a Christian and he said, so now tell me again, how much is the membership in the church? What a cool question. He's a business dude. Okay, I, I belong to the country club of Christ. What's the membership dues? Well, I could tell you it starts at 10%. 
If you want to know, people say, oh, that's an Old Testament reference. Okay, you drag that into the New Testament, into the new covenant we have, and Jesus says, everything you have is mine. Wow. Hmm. Intentionality, does that show up in how you spend your money? How you give away your money, how you utilize your money. And, and I can tell you, I'll talk more about that. Shh, I'll talk more about that next week. Got to decide. No matter how much it costs. Number two, they complete a task. They're, they're in enough that they... They not only keep their promises, but they do what they say they're going to do. They're, they're, Christians ought to be the best at meeting the deadlines. And I think intentional people do. They, they step up to the plate. They're there when they say they're going to be somewhere. They're there, and they're not there half-heartedly. They're wholeheartedly. <laughs> The one who, is, who uh, is slack in their work is, a, uh, is not a true friend because they can be, oh, the one who is not slack, there's the word that's missing in my notes, that is not slack in their work, that is a true friend because they can be counted on. A true friend of Jesus is the person who's there when they say they're going to be there. And when they're there, they, they bring all they have in that moment. They, they, don't, they don't hold back. And why are they able to do that? They're intentional. Their life is in alignment with their kingdom agenda. And that makes all the difference in the expansion and the enrichment of his kingdom. What's great for me as a pastor to see is how hard-working, intentional people are. And we've got a lot of hard workers. Don't work hard only when your master is watching. Work hard all the time as though working for Christ. Wow, that's an interesting image. What would it really be like in your life to... Be moving through life with the idea that Christ is next to you. Uh-oh. Yikes. Hmm. I wonder if we'd use the same language on the golf course. I wonder if we'd have as many drinks at the bar as we do. Bible does say have a little wine for your stomach's sake. I'm not saying you can't have alcohol, but I've watched people and I've noticed that their their attitude and their language changes a lot between that second and third drink. I'd wonder if we would spend the mornings of our day doing other things than having a conversation with Jesus. I'd wonder if we would forget to acknowledge him and thank him at the end of the day. We need to work hard. Why? It's eternal work. 
It's the best work, it's the most important work an intentional Christian can have. And I can tell you, intentional people work hard. There are also people that do not let the pressures of life push them off of God's path. And I can tell you, there's a lot of pressure out there. I told the staff again this week, it's never been more challenging to be a pastor and a Christian in my entire adult life than it is right now. Why there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pushing and shoving if you haven't noticed. Don't bring that pushing and shoving in here. Our greatest thing is unity of the faith. And it's hard to have unity when we disagree or have different perspectives. And really, that's okay. But that needs to be a polite conversation. And that's probably a best conversation away from celebrating our unity together when we're here. Unless you are faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. Wow, how true that is. How true that is. If you cheat or take a shortcut, even a little, you won't be honest with the greater responsibilities. The greatest responsibility that is placed in your lap by Jesus Christ is the expansion and the enrichment of his kingdom. Now, I didn't put it in here, but I'm going to throw it in here. When you die and go to heaven, once you get on the escalator, either going up or going down, once you take that escalator up and you get to heaven, the first person you're going to encounter is Jesus, and he's going to ask you a very simple question. What should you do for me and my kingdom with all the things I gave you? Man, it's not about what you don't have, it's about what you do have. And I can tell you it's not about the amount of your time, talent, treasure, and touch. It's your attitude about those things. The attitude about those things. There's a lot of pressure. The best way to to counter that pressure is to be intentional on the path that you're going to take. If you want to skirt things is perhaps another way to put it. God says, don't don't skirt me. Be intentional about me. God uses the, the pressures in the world to make us intentional. And, and he uses the trials, especially of other people relationally in this world, he, he uses that to make us loving people. The end of this is simple. Love other people, live in peace, be kind. Those are great character elements of who we are or who we should be. Let's go through it. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. (laughs) I'm not that person. God is still working on me. 
Now the thing is, is, is you don't have to be happy about them. You just have to learn how to be happy in them. And woe to you if you can't learn how to be happy in the midst of the problems and the trials in this world. You're going to be unhappy every day. Why? Because there's a lot of pressure. There is trial and difficulty that we encounter every single day. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials for we know they are good for us in the end. Yes. We got to work on the in the middle part. You've even said that to other people. Oh, in the end it's good for us. <laughs> but it's in that moment and I'm like you. I I struggle at times. I struggle at times. For we know they are for good for us. They help us learn to be patient. I don't like being patient. I can just tell you, I don't like waiting. I have to pray when I, you know, traffic, five people at the check. I, I like living in Squint because there aren't very many lines. You live in a city, you got lines everywhere you go. And patience develops strength of what? Strength of character. Strength of character. Strength of character. God uses people to teach us what real love is all about. And guess what? They're not the other loving people big surprise it's easy to love the lovable people the challenge is loving the people that are not in a very lovely position they're not speaking in a very loving way be on your guard stand firm in the faith be courageous be strong and do everything with love well I, that's a great that's a great thing to think about all day long. How, how do we share that love of Jesus with other people? Remember, third thing. We need to show it and tell people about the love of God. That is our mission. That is our mission. Paul goes on in Romans, talks about living in, in peace uh, let me go back up. Difficult people do create, they strengthen our character, Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Are you peaceable or are you a div divisive person? Are you argumentative? I can tell you, I, I, I sat with a bunch of pastors Rick and I did a few weeks ago, and one pastor said, I do not like my congregation. I do not like what they've turned into in the last two years. And then he just broke down in tears. He said, it takes every ounce of power and strength that I have to get in that pulpit and preach to these people that I don't like. How does that happen? It's not holding up the unity of the faith. 
and realizing that that's the ultimate value. Other things are important. I'm not saying that, but they are not the ultimate value. And we need to remember that when we're in a discussion with other people, especially other Christians. People think differently. And that's okay. It's not about how we think, it's how we express what we think. Work happily together, treat everyone with equal kindness. Don't become set in your own opinions. Never pay back evil for evil. Do all you can to live at peace with everyone. Love them. Live at peace with them. Be kind to them. And when you can do that, you know the Holy Spirit is developing your character because that's not how we relate to one another as human beings. But that is the way that we relate to all human beings. As Christ is our, our Lord and our leader, as we seek to live according to his will each and every day, do not let the pressures of life put you, push you off the path of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we want to love you and love others, and that does take some concentration, some intentionality. Lord, it's, uh, it's not that we run out and find more pressures in life. We don't need to do that. They come our way. The same thing about trials and difficulties. Lord, in the challenge of living life and living faith, Help us through your Holy Spirit to, to step up and into what you have for us. But Lord, it does all start with you being the leader of our life. Us deciding that your kingdom agenda will be our number one agenda. And, it, and it's great that you would call all of us that you lavish your forgiveness of our sins and grace on all of us. And, and to engage in this, all we need to do is just say, Lord, be the leader of my life. Holy Spirit, walk with me each and every day. And Lord, how you develop our character, we're just thankful for that. What a, what a wretch we were, as the hymn states it. And it, it's wonderful that you're moving us from one degree of glory to another, that you're maturing us as we age. Thank you for being that kind of a God. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.